From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., last week saw two debates between the U.S. Senate candidates, Democratic incumbent Tammy Baldwin and her Republican challenger, Leah Vukmir. Both debates were characterized by tension and hostility as the two clashed over abortion, immigration, health care, and a host of other issues. What were some of the takeaways, and why do you think the debates were so combative? Well, you know, it's a contested race, and Lee Vukmir is down in the polls, so she was looking to make up some ground and, you know, kind of chip away at Tim Baldwin a little bit. But the big picture was that, one, the first debate, uh, Vukmir is much more aggressive and Baldwin seemed to be a little bit more kind of, I would say, halting in her responses. She started to stop several times. The second one, she Baldwin was much more aggressive and smoother in her presentation. But overall, there was no like race-changing moment that people I talked to saw in these debates. And really, debates like this, I mean, uh, the first one was on a Monday night. The second one was on Saturday evening just at the end of the after the Brewers' uh, second game in the National Championship Series and just as the Badgers were kicking off. So I don't know how many people tuned into either of them. I don't know how many undecided voters tuned into either of them. But more importantly, in these kinds of debates, people look for, is there a a big gaffe or a, something that can be put into paid media that then the person, the opposing candidate, can use it as a, you know, a sledgehammer against the, the person who made the mistake. But there wasn't really a moment for people I talked to that they saw that kind of a, a verbal gaffe that would end up in a TV or radio ad that would knock them. In another big development, the latest Marquette poll was released, and it shows Governor Walker locked in a dead heat with his Democratic challenger, Tony Evers. The last poll showed Evers up by five. Did this surprise you, and what do you think contributed to the race tightening? Well, you have to look at a couple of things. One, you know, the sample was more Republican this time than last time. It was a plus one Democratic sample the last time when Evers had that five-point advantage. Now it was a plus three Republican sample. So that counts for some of the shift. It's also occurring right at the height of the uh, kind of fight over the Brett Kavanaugh nomination in the Supreme Court. So there seemed to be a goose in Republican enthusiasm nationally from that. So that may have played a role in what happened to the numbers. But the reality is, you know, um, the Marquette poll is in the gold standard in Wisconsin, but these numbers will bounce around a bit in the lead up. Um, that polls that's at its best usually the, or is most accurate often the last poll that ha- comes out in the end of October. So it's more of a snapshot in time and people are picking apart like the things they have questions about because like the race with Walker and Evers um, got better for the Republicans, but the race for Attorney General got better for Democrats. Well, why was that? And the race for the U.S. Senate didn't tighten at all. So there are a couple of things about it that kind of make people raise some eyebrows. But the bottom line, I think, is this is a close race for governor. It's been a close race for a while, and it looks like it's going to remain one uh, through the end. Right. One thing that did raise my eyebrows was, OK, so in the Marquette poll, we've got a tight race for governor, yet Baldwin has um, a wide lead over Leah Vukmir. Do you think that suggests that some people are going to vote for Walker and then cross over and vote for Baldwin? That's entirely possible. And also what might be part of that is that, you know, Tammy Baldwin just had a huge financial advantage on Leah Vukmir. Vukmir's had a harder time getting her name out there, uh, getting the message that she wants out there. And if you look at those numbers, they show that 
Vukmir is not ter- her numbers are upside down. Um, she's more more people have an unfavorable view of her than have a favorable one, and that is a problem for a candidate a month out from the election. And that's a result of the financial advantage that Baldwin has had. Now, if you look, you know, dive in the numbers of that poll, like Walker was at eighty seven percent, something like that, with Republican voters, and Bookmer at eighty three percent. So there's some room for her to grow, um, but she's also not doing well with independence, while Walker had kind of tightened that gap. So those are things to watch. They, you know, it's just it's a reflection of the resources in a lot of ways. You mentioned the survey reveals also reveals that incumbent Attorney General Brad Schimmel is ahead by four points over Democratic challenger Josh Call, but the previous poll showed a seven-point lead for Schimmel. Why do you think this race is tightening? Well, you know, I asked you about that, and you, again, diving into the numbers, um, the last poll, Schimmel was doing better with certain groups like women, um, with non-white voters than what Republicans typically do, and those numbers kind of got more to their normal spot in this poll, so that may be part of what the numbers were. Um, Josh Call was doing better with Democrats, so maybe people are kind of, Democratic voters are kind of coming home to the Democratic candidate as the race gets closer. I mean, there are lots of things going on, but the really thing that I took away from talking to people about the poll and that race is that neither of them is really well known. So it suggests to people that the reality is that kind of they're at the mercy of the top of the ticket. If it's a good night for Democrats, uh, November 6th, that could be what helps Josh Call win. If it's a good night for Republicans, that's what could be what makes it helps uh, Brad Schimmel win. I just don't know if they've created identity yet outside the generic ballot that would set them apart that if it's a bad night for the party, they can survive. And finally, Governor Walker is coming up with creative ways to reach voters. He released an ad last week that is playing on screens at the gas pumps while people are filling up their vehicles. In the ad, Walker criticizes Tony Evers for being willing to raise the gas tax in order to pay for roads. Is this unusual? Why do you think Governor Walker is using such innovative measures to reach voters, and what has been Evers' response? Well, I mean, Governor Walker's got the money to do it, and they're trying to find ways to kind of break through the clutter because we have uh, ads in the U.S. Senate race, the governor's race, um, the attorney general's race, legislative campaign. So you've got to find a way to break through and reach people. This is a unique way to do it, um, and he's got the money to do it. Plus, two, you know, Walker, for the first eh, three weeks after the primary, they were hitting Evers over and over again on this case of a Middleton teacher who'd viewed porn uh, while at school, and they kept telling us that this was like this was the blow. This was the punch that was going to do damage to Tony Evers, and it didn't. And they've really moved away from that message the last couple three weeks and focused almost entirely on taxes. That Evers would raise your property tax, the sales tax, taxes on farmers. You know, it looks like that's more fertile territory for Scott Walker than the the teacher issue. And it seems like that's the more the the argument that's making more headway for him compared to before. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.